For health's sake, a simple chat for better health. I'm your host, Donna Karras. These podcasts are a publication of Amory Hospital and Clinic, Hudson Hospital and Clinic, Health Partners Clinic, Stillwater, Lakeview Hospital, and Westfields Hospital and Clinic. All are part of a nonprofit healthcare organization committed to enhancing community health. I'm talking with pediatrician Dr. Jessica Najarian-Bell about identifying the signs of Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, or ADHD. Welcome, Dr. Jessica. Well, thank you so much for having me. Where does a parent start if they've noticed something or the school said something? ADHD describes, just kind of as an overview, individuals who have trouble due to a shorter attention span, impulsivity, or hyperactivity. It occurs in about 5 to 8% of school-aged children and then does also, you know, kind of go into adulthood and so continues into 2 to 4% of adults. Some initial things that parents might notice is that their child is having difficulty at home. Just like you said, during school, the teacher may say something at conferences or with other children, interacting with other children. A lot of things that parents might see is the child may have difficulty completing tasks, trouble following some rules, or even getting along with their friends. Some things I have parents when they're first kind of questioning it because we we see symptoms, they need to occur in two or more settings. So home and school or home and social settings, kind of writing it down, having a little journal about it, talking more to their teacher, talking more to, you know, other people who are interacting with them on a daily basis as well. So that's a lot of times where I have parents start. And we'll probably get a little bit into this, but children under age four, it's really difficult to diagnose because these children change so rapidly. So our guidelines are usually for over that that age four. A lot of parents do come to me with some questions in, in those younger children. And so just kind of having them keep in the back of their mind, just logging those things or writing it in a journal if they start to notice things happening regularly. What are the signs and symptoms of ADHD? Boys are two times as likely to be diagnosed with ADHD as girls, but that doesn't mean that girls don't have ADHD just as much as boys. They will have very similar symptoms to boys, actually. We think about children in general. So every child's going to have behaviors that are kind of out of control at times. That is normal, normal childhood. Your kiddo may run around, be super loud all the time, not wait their turn bounce off the walls, especially on the weekends and make you go a little bit crazy. But some children have difficulties that are more than that occasional. And that's happening on the regular, really interfering with their daily lives. So we think about ADHD and kind of three different groups of behavior. Not all children will have all three, but they may show signs in different areas. So we think about inattention. So hard time paying attention to things, daydreaming, not really listening, distracted from their play or what they're trying to work on, losing lots of important things, forgetting things. And then we think of hyperactivity as another branch of this. Does your child act like they're kind of driven by a motor all the time? They can't stay seated. They're squirmy, wormy all the time, fidgeting talking all the time and not able to kind of calm their body down. And then impulsivity. 
acting, speaking without thinking, running into the street without kind of thinking first or looking for traffic when they know that, that that's what they should do, not waiting their turn for things and kind of frequent interruption. So those are some areas that we look at when we're considering ADHD. So if your child has shown these symptoms of ADHD on a regular basis for kind of six months or more, then really important to kind of bring that to your pediatrician to talk about the next step. Could it be something other than ADHD? No, definitely can be. Well, every time that we evaluate for ADHD, we make sure that um, we're also evaluating for other conditions. A lot of times with children with ADHD, there are coexisting conditions that we see along with it. And sometimes it doesn't end up being ADHD. So things that we think about either coexisting or different from ADHD are going to be learning disabilities. So when we do a good full evaluation of a child with some concerns, we think about are there learning disabilities going on? Are there other things happening? Are there any speech problems, motor problems? What about anxiety, depression? Many children with ADHD do also have some some coexisting anxiety. Sometimes children just have anxiety and then that's causing them to not be able to focus as well. And there isn't really ADHD going on. So kind of piecing those apart and and seeing if there's one or both of those going on. Some language disorders and then some kind of conduct disorders. We also talk a lot about sleep. So is your child getting enough sleep? Because that can definitely impact their attention and their activity levels as well. Is ADHD actually a problem? It is one of the most common neurobehavioral disorders that we see in children. And it can, you know, really can affect children's academics, their social interactions, and their overall well-being. So it doesn't mean that your child's a bad child. It doesn't mean that your child is not smart or not going to succeed. They will. They will do wonderful in, in all aspects of life. But if we're not able to give them the tools to achieve their full potential and they're struggling with ADHD, then it definitely can be a problem because it will hold them back many times. Important to recognize this and then work with those people in your life that are going to help you and and help your child. You're going to be your child's biggest advocate and you're going to be their biggest support system in all of this. And it doesn't mean that you've been a bad parent if your child is diagnosed with ADHD. You're an awesome, awesome parent. It's just your child's going to have to have maybe a little bigger toolbox to help them with different tasks in life. Is ADHD from birth or does it develop at a certain age? We usually don't diagnose ADHD until they're a little bit closer to school age. You know, every case is is a bit different, so that can change. But we can see some of those signs earlier than that. Some thoughts about the cause of ADHD. There's lots of studies that are done and there's not a lot of definitive things, but we do know that it can run in families. And so a lot of parents will bring that up saying that they've had ADHD or, you know, one of the parents has ADHD and just kind of wanting to keep an eye out for that. And that's always good information to have. There's some studies that have showed that there's lower levels of activities in the parts of the brain that control attention and activity. And so that may be associated with ADHD. We do know that if there's prenatal exposure to alcohol or nicotine, that can increase the risk for ADHD. There's not any evidence that immunizations, allergies, eating too much sugar is going to cause ADHD. Should I get feedback from other adults who know my child well? 
Yes. Really important for the diagnosis to have feedback from the parents as well as teachers at school or people who are, are working with your child during the day. For the diagnosis of ADHD, they have to have symptoms in, as I mentioned a bit earlier, two or more settings. So home, school, and social situations and causing some impairment. So we, whenever we are evaluating for ADHD in the clinic, we will always get input from the parents as well as a couple of teachers from school. And if the child is homeschooled, then we get input from parents and then, you know, somebody else that they interact with a lot, like a, a music teacher or somebody from church or a sports coach will lean on them for some information as well. How is a child diagnosed? There's some different ways to do this. Um, there's not a single specific test, but what we use in our clinic is the Vanderbilt test. And so this is a, an evaluation that we have parents and teachers fill out, and then we go through it as a pediatrician and look through it. So it doesn't just have to be a pediatrician that does this. So it can be a psychiatrist, psychologist, a neurologist, or there's other people that are also qualified to do this. The child is kind of in that four to 12 year age range, um, and they're going to see those symptoms before they reach age 12. Sometimes children, we don't recognize those symptoms until they're a bit older. And in those instances, or if we're wondering if there's other coexisting conditions, we will refer them to a psychiatrist or somebody else to do an even more in-depth behavioral health kind of evaluation to look for other things as well. But the start is the Vanderbilt questionnaire that will have parents and teachers fill out. And then once we go through that and score it, and the scoring shows us, you know, if your child leans a little bit more towards the hyperactivity side of things or the inattentive side of things, or if there's some anxiety components, and then going from there, then we can figure out what is going to be best from a treatment standpoint for your child. What sorts of treatments are available? Usually children with ADHD need a couple of different avenues of, of treatment to meet their needs. So the biggest thing is going to be behavior training for parents and teachers. That's been really, really effective to kind of help the parents and teachers understand approaches that it's going to be helpful for the child to learn and complete their tasks. And then medication. So not every child needs to be on a medication for ADHD, but it is something that we do use regularly. So there are stimulants and non-stimulants for medications that we do talk about at those visits. And so, of course, this is a decision that, that you as a parent and your pediatrician or healthcare provider talk about together and make that decision together whether or not you're going to also do medication. But um, in addition, those school services and behavior management through psychologists and counselors is also going to be a really important piece of treatment for the child. Are there simple things we can do at home to help? You know, there are. So some things that I recommend, especially if this is impacting the family as a whole, which it which it definitely can because they've been probably experiencing some of these things for a long period of time and wanting to now have some tools and strategies to approach it. So some behavioral family therapy can be really helpful. Some things that parents can do at home is to boost the child's confidence. So praising that child, helping them with some of those social skills that maybe they struggle with. But we also want to show your child that we are so proud of their strengths and the things they are succeeding with. So reminding them of that. And so, so those are some things that I try to talk with parents about. How can we help at school? 
you're the parent, so you are with your child the majority of the time and know your child best. You really, really do. So asking for help is going to be the best first step at school. So the pediatrician or school psychologist is a really good place to start, to start that process. And then becoming your child's case manager, writing down all this information about your child and keeping it in one specific place because this helps then all the professionals who are helping your child to understand their needs if it's all in one spot. Learn about the different educational rights and what services your child can have for school because a lot of children will then have a specific learning plan that, that will then help them to succeed. Be active in you know school meetings and team meetings, talking to the teacher, really important to be involved because you're the expert. Your school needs input from you. They need to hear what you think is best. You're going to be their best advocate. So you're a member of that team. It's great to listen to what teachers have to say and healthcare professionals, but then also remembering that your voice is so important because we all want to hear what, what you think is going to be best for your child. Are there any helpful websites to get more insight into ADHD? You know, there's lots of resources out there and and your pediatrician probably can give you some good ones. A few that I really do like is the CHOP website, so chop.edu website, and then just searching for ADHD. They have some wonderful resources for parents and teachers about ADHD and some really good articles and easy to read information to kind of begin with for parents. And then one book that I do recommend for parents and that I do like is called Taking Charge of ADHD, The Complete Authoritative Guide for Parents. There's so many different resources out there, which is wonderful as every child is different, right? And is going to respond differently to different things. But those are a couple that I that I really do like. Great information. Thanks, Dr. Jessica. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. 